Welcome back to After the Fact. Joining us now is Celine Isabel Samson. She's the head of the online verification team of Verifaz. Good evening, Celine, and thank you for joining us on the program. Good evening, Christian, and thank you for inviting us. Okay, let's talk about this latest report coming from Verifaz, one of the fact-checking partners of Meta, basically mm -hmm. Facebook. Uh, your conclusion was former Senator Bongbong Marcos was a top beneficiary of poll-related disinformation. First off, how did you arrive at this conclusion? Yes. Uh, so as a fact-checking partner of uh, Meta or the company formerly known as Facebook, uh, we rate and we monitor the disinformation that circulates on social media. Um, so we do this on a daily basis. And at the end of the year, we take a look, we take a step back and we take a look at all the pieces of disinformation we debunked. We look at the trends. And one pattern that emerged um, was that election-related disinformation was one of the was the most common topic of disinformation this year. Um, and we also tried to look who benefited from it, who are the targets, uh, and from what emerged out of the 336 fact checks on online disinformation that we debunked this year, um, a lot of it uh, had to do or, or it was related to former Senator Ferdinand Marcos or Bongbong Marcos. Okay, and how did you choose which particular posts, videos, or TikTok videos to, to fact check? Yes, so at Verifiles, we have a three-point criteria when we fact check something. Uh, so actually, we fact check we have two fact-checking projects at Verifiles. One, we track the false claims and misleading statements and flip-flops of public figures. So this includes politicians, uh, celebrities, vloggers, basically anybody who has influence on public opinion. And the second project uh, is we focus on online disinformation. So the 336 fact-checks I was talking about earlier, this refers to online disinformation. Um, and we select posts uh, to fact-check based on one, are they a statement of fact? Uh, meaning, dapat hindi siya opinion. It shouldn't be an opinion. Um, it should also be something uh, that is feasible to fact-check. Do we have any documents um, uh, that we can use to corroborate the information or can we interview somebody um, to provide insight on, uh, on, on, on what is actually fact? Um, and third, uh, we also consider the relevance. No? So we don't want to amplify disinformation and misinformation uh, that is reaching lit, uh, a few number of people. Um, so we also consider relevance because as we all know, there are a lot of posts circulating on social media. Um, but what we choose to fact check um, are posts that really have to do with um, the, the Filipino public. Uh, and yeah, and okay. yeah, when it comes to online disinformation, we also add... Uh, the criteria of virality. No? So if it's um, reaching millions of people or if it's something uh, na it can be something that has little interactions but is uploaded by several accounts, we also fact-check that. Okay, so basically this is uh, arbitrary on the part of Verifiles. You monitor all these things and then you pick based on those uh, criteria that you mentioned. Yes, because there is so much... Uh, content circulating on social media. Okay. In this case, talk to us about the nature of the uh, election-related disinformation benefiting Bongbong Marcos. Yes. So, um, 
out of the 336 fact checks, uh, about 120 were related to the upcoming elections. And 52 of this uh, was overwhelmingly related to Bongbong Marcos and it either promoted him or tried to distort facts or make totally false claims um, about his family's ill-gotten wealth cases or the atrocities committed under the administration of his father, um, the late Victor Ferdinand Sr. Um, yeah, so some of it, um, it concerned uh, his uh, Oxford education. It made false claims that he obtained a bachelor's degree. Um, some of it, um, it tries to push the narrative that uh, the ill-gotten wealth cases against the, Mar against the Marcos family had no basis, that there was no evidence at all um, that supports this. Um, some of it has to do with his campaign. Um, some people tried to use videos and claimed to show that this was a pro-Marcos caravan, but it turns out to be, uh, it turned out to be a video of a completely different uh, situation. Um, and what's also important to note here is also the context. No, um, Some of it, it popped up in February after the Supreme Court um, junked the, the, the poll protest of former Senator Bongbong Marcos uh, that challenged the victory of Vice President Lenny Robredo in the 2016 elections. So there was a wave of disinformation um, that was pro-Marcos, Um, and anti-Robredo in February. Um, there was also a wave of disinformation uh, around the time that the filing of candidacies started in October. And also this November, well, with, where we encountered the most number of election-related disinformation, 28 pieces of disinformation this November, um, after petitions were filed. Uh, to challenge the candidacy, uh, well, to void the candidacy of former Senator Marcos um, or to disqualify him. So 28 cases of disinformation, basically posts, all of them favoring Bongo Marcos in November this year alone, is that correct? Uh, the 28 pieces of disinformation, not all of them had to do with Marcos. Um, How many but, of them had to do with Marcos, Jr.? Um, I would have to check that question. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I would say there was, it was a, a, a trend um, this in these last two months of the year, November and December, um, that the claims had to do with the petition uh, to disqualify him or to void his COC. Uh, it, the claim was that it was junked by the Supreme Court or by the COMELEC. Okay, so that's one pattern that, uh, that you were able to identify. Do we may issue against or about Bongbong Marcos or Marcos Jr., doon dumadami yung Yes, uh, it becomes posts. a trigger or a catalyst, yes. Okay, but did you also get any information as to who or what was driving these uh, posts, propagating this information in favor of Bongbong Marcos? Yeah, the who part is something that we still have to find out because usually the the publishers that post these questions, they are YouTube channels, um, but it's not under the name of specific people. No, it's, uh, it's sometimes there are YouTube channels that use the word news or, or TV or media in them, but aren't really media organizations. Um, but they try to present what they're publishing as news. Um, some of the, uh, and a lot of the publishers also are Facebook pages um, or TikTok accounts, but you can't really pinpoint 
who they are. Um, although we have noticed a pattern that sometimes the disinformation, it's uploaded on YouTube and then it's uploaded, it, the video on YouTube, it's uploaded also on Facebook all at the same minute. Um, so it suggests that there is some sort of coordination, automation um, behind it. But who is behind it? It's something we still have to find out. Um, and the what, um, we always try to uh, include in our story some context why this information, this piece of this information surfaced. Um, and yeah, and usually it's hinged on a current event. No? So, so that can be the filing of the COCs um, or, or something else as uh, yeah, we mentioned earlier. Are there also other common den denominators that you notice? For instance, in terms of color, fonts, design of posts, of such videos propagating this disinformation? Uh, yeah, so actually the posts that the, the election-related disinformation, it comes in different forms. But the most popular form came in the for, uh, came in the format of videos. No, um, There were 56 uh, videos that we fact-checked out of the 120 election-related posts. Um, second were photos, and there was also a lot of fake code cards. No, Yung mga tipong picture na nilagyan ng fake na statement and a picture of a public figure. Um, so those are different types of posts. Um, but in terms of the YouTube videos, we saw that sometimes it use, it it tries to copy mainstream media by using breaking news headlines that aren't actually true. It's not supported by fact. Sometimes it's not even supported by the content. Um, also, sometimes they use thumbnails. Um, and the thumbnails uh, don't have, they don't have anything to do with the content, no? Sometimes they use parang the face. clickbait. Yeah, parang pang yes. Okay. Yes. But, but, by the way, how, how many do you have in your group uh, doing this? How many of you yeah. are doing this fact check? Um, right now, uh, our fact checking team is composed of around 15 people. So that, that involves uh, reporters and editors. Okay, 15 people. So understandably, this is a very small group that you were able to come up with this report. Uh, which leads me to my next question. We know that disinformation travels much faster than fact-checking itself. It's very Surely. hard to, to catch up, right? But mm -hmm. in terms of your engagement with Meta or with Facebook, what are the next steps that are being considered, if not being undertaken now, to be able to make this more uh, effective, not just stop at fact-checking, but all we know it's not uh, reaching as, as wide an audience as the subject matter of, of this information itself. But what else can we do? Ano yung nagiging options available between fact-checkers like you and, uh, and Meta? Yeah, in terms of Meta, I'm, I, I think um, um, not all the pieces of disinformation they take down. Uh, what happens with us as the third-party fact-checking partners, we give the rating and then Facebook applies the the consequences um, or, or the penalties. Let's say, for example, it gets a misinformation label, um, it gets uh, lessened visibility on social media, um, and repeat offenders, they lose their capability to monetize on the platform if they repeatedly publish and are fact-checked by the fact-checking partners. Um, but but, but, but recently, how... I think, um, yeah, it, it, 
it's not really in, it has to do with the it doesn't really have to do with the elections uh, i mean so far um they've started taking down posts that are like for example uh, uh contribute to harm in terms of um uh, uh vaccines but in terms of the elections uh, i'm not really sure yet um what meta based, has in ba- store based on your experience how fast has facebook or meta acted whenever you rated let's say certain reports which were clearly spreading this information yeah um that happened for example the labeling the lessened visibility it happens immediately after a fact checker rates it um sometimes they, they i mean i think they have systems that detect uh, for example harmful pieces of content um yeah but then again if it's something that uh maybe it's something that might be too local to the philippines but it turns out to be something that is harmful then that is something that we can flag to them so that they can look into it um but how, yeah, how about so, election related disinformation because even if you say that uh, facebook uh, acts fast when it comes to flagging certain uh, posts but if you talk about election related disinformation it can also be argued that some of this might be uh, heavily political and that they they are supposed to stay even if uh, they are labeled as this or even misinformation i mean how does yeah. facebook as a policy deal with this yeah actually when it comes to face uh, under facebook's policies um fact checkers cannot fact check or i mean they cannot rate um statements made by politicians and that includes candidates um and this is something that we continually raise with facebook with our discussions on them uh, with them um but yeah so that is one uh, i mean the partnership it can definitely still be improved and this is one area that needs to be improved um but yeah in terms of uh, election fraud or for example election fraud like what happened in the us um when it uh, had to do with something that really incited harm or incited violence i think that's when they really step in and take down accounts um or or suspend accounts um in terms in the philippine context however um i we have yet to see what facebook uh has in 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 store for for the philippines yeah because my point is uh, despite the 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 efforts the the immense uh, resources and um time that fact checkers like you devote on this much of the solutions will have to do with the big tech companies themselves with the platforms themselves facebook youtube for instance well on that note thank you very much celine samson for joining us tonight on the program happy new year to you thank you christian happy new year before we go social media users Okay, before we go. Before we go, social media users had a field day after the Commission on Elections released its star-studded list of candidates for today's mock elections. The fictitious bets and best ballots included international celebrities such as Angelina Jolie, LeBron James, and Taylor Swift. Netizens took it a bit too seriously as they made their own posters and slogans for the fake contenders. Some of them also come up with their own selection among the candidates. 
34 voting centers across seven Philippine regions participated in today's mock elections to accommodate volunteer voters who want to get a sense of how to cast their votes on May 9, 2022. So that's it for tonight. This has been your host, Christian Esguera. You can watch this episode again on I Want PFC or listen to our podcast on Spotify. Now, for recaps and other exclusive content, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again tomorrow after the fact.